When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep your love. I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids. Welcome to Watching the Throne. A lyrical analysis of Kanye West. My name's Chris Lambert. And my name's Travis Bean. And sorry, I'm just a little nervous today. Oh, Travis, whatever would have you so nervous? We've been doing this show for six years. Yeah, but today's, I mean, today's very different. A little peek behind the curtain for everybody. Chris and I. For every solid analysis we've ever done in this show, which you don't, you're not seeing a lot of them because a lot of them aren't on the feed anymore. We've gotten rid of them and updated them and are working on new ones, including this episode, by the way, we've already covered Good Morning before, but uh, almost, or not almost, every single time we've covered a song in the show, you and I have met beforehand to discuss the song, go over all the lines, all the samples, everything. We did not do that for this episode, and we don't plan to do it moving forward. And uh, I don't know, I kind of got the jitters. It's like being on a first date. <laughs> well, it's a little bit of a the safety net going away, right? Yeah. Because yeah. I've seen criticisms on like some of the reviews on <laughs> iTunes or the podcast like page on Apple, where people are like, oh, they always agree with each other. They always <laughs> agree. Why don't they disagree? They just support everything people say. And that's because, as you just said, we go over, we have gone over together every song and we'll spend sometimes two, three hours and we'll argue about interpretations for things, puzzle over them, but eventually kind of arrive at a consensus. And uh, that's just been part of the process all yeah. the way through. I think if we were reacting more in the moments you would see a little bit more of the the back and forth as we try to convince each other or aren't sure about something because that does happen. We just tend to pick a winner. Yeah. So it is interesting to be starting this without having gone through that. But then at the same time, we've already talked about this song once already. So it's almost like a little bit of a graduation to <laughs> trusting the work that we've already done. Let's see if we still be stupid then. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> Guaranteed. Like, we're so impressed with ourselves. But do you even listen back to the episode? <laughs> Gonna get rated a D. <laughs> uh, you know what? I do listen back to the episode, though, because I'm usually editing them. And I, as much as I'm going to miss talking about these thoughts beforehand with you, one of the main reasons we decided to stop doing this is because we spend so much time talking about them that we decided 
at this point, like we need to be a little more efficient. Like I was just listening back to the uh, free episode that we did. And at the top of that episode, we were like, yeah, we did prep for this. And uh, we spent an hour talking about the intro of this song. And I was just like, oh, my God, I can't believe we used to do this shit. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, I still spent a, a ton of time thinking about the song but i don't know i i think this will be good because while you and i do come to a consensus like i i still think on a more general level you and i listen to and view music a little differently and i think (laughs) we could like come to i feel like if anything this episode could be a little more coalesced and we'll we'll come to an even more concrete conclusion about the song because we're going to be bringing our different ideas into it yeah, we haven't uh, homogenized. Or we'll just agree with each other on everything again, and it'll be just as boring as it ever was. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> uh, good morning. By the way, love this fucking song. Yeah, you know what? This is one that I always thought... I don't want to say it's overrated. Just other people always liked it more. In fact, it just came up in the Best Kanye West Song Tournament Deathmatch Extreme uh, 2021 version of 2020 (laughs) that you, me, and Jordan just did. And I talked about how everybody else likes Good Morning a little bit more than me. But listening to it in preparation for this episode, it kind of just finally clicked, Mm -hmm. especially doing the music video with it. Yeah. I mean, tonally, you can always pick up on the fact that even though there's a positive energy to this song, there's a downturn to it. There's a negative energy as well. There's such a mixture. And I've watched the music video before, but there was just something about it today that it just felt perfect. Yeah. The the whole song really like just reeks of that i know i used that word before and it makes it sound like a bad thing but it's a good thing like it's the because you start the album and it has this bright bubbly poppy sound like it's such a departure from what kanye has done and it seemingly gives off this like very positive vibe but when you really pick apart the production you're like really listening to the notes and like the instrumentation being used the melody the the irony of Kanye being so egotistical and like ready to take on the world considering like what we've heard on the first two albums and knowing where his career is going to go. Like this song, it's just laden with like, I don't know. It, it kind of has an ominous feel to me, if anything. Yeah. And you know, this isn't that different from what Kanye was doing before. Like you think about, we don't care and we don't care was very bright Mm -hmm. despite the the darker undertones but it was also very much a kanye west in 2004 song right with the the children's choir and having that like chopped up sound to it it just felt very much as a calling card for kanye and in line with what we'd hear on college dropout and late registration and same thing with heard him say Mm -hmm. we talked about that going back through late registration that heard him say always kind of felt like a little bit more of a pop song and a little bit more positive than negative but going through it again how we did and looking at it we were just both kind of taken aback by how stark 
and kind of sad heard him say really was. And that's another one that's using kind of an older soul sample that feels in line with Kanye. But here with Good Morning, while he's doing that same kind of style, there is that larger, I don't know, just more intensity to it. And the fact that it's not a soul sample or a children's choir, Mm -hmm. but an Elton John song that's being sampled, it kind of gives it a different vibe too, or maybe is the source of it feeling a little bit more... uh, musically pop yeah then maybe what heard him say we don't care did i mean i'm just sitting here shaking my head it it, it was a good it's a good shaking of the head like i just can't believe kanye's on the level he's at in 2007 like this early in his career because we always talk about kanye and how he utilizes the hero's journey and there is usually like three parts to the hero's journey. I mean, there's like 10 parts of the hero's journey, but like if you want to break it up into three acts, there's always this this opening act where the hero exists in his ordinary world. And, and it's a lot of like table setting and, and laying the groundwork for the character. So like you can set up like the flaws and like the 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 comfortable world this this hero exists in so you know then the carpet can be ripped from under his feet and like he discovers what real life is like and he can go on this journey where he changes and and what you're describing is that you know we don't care through spaceship on college dropout or heard him say through gold digger on late registration it's like all of this groundwork is being laid and setting up like the world Kanye's in or at least looking at the world he'd like to be a part of and then the rest of the album is him being sucked into that world here like to start with good morning to start with like it, it most I I'll be honest it reminds me a lot of Jesus like because li- I was listening through the entire album today and I just kept getting Jesus vibes of like the tone and like where how the album shifts tonally and Good Morning reminds me a lot of On Sight. And On Sight is a song where Kanye is so full of himself, so sure of himself, is walking around the club, thinks he's a god. Here in Good Morning, like, it has that feel. It's bright, bubbly. Like, Kanye is, it's good morning. Like, haha, like, I'm ready to take on the world. I'm awesome. Uh, but we can look at the rest of the album and know, like, celebrity life is not awesome for Kanye and will not continue to be awesome. And because of that, like, you kind of have to read into everything. And when you do that, like, there is just so much of this song, especially that Elton John's sample you talked about, like, that right there, like, it just kind of, it makes all the bright and bubbliness feel icky (laughs) and ominous (laughs) and telling. And, like, it just just carries a completely different tone after that. When we talk a lot and I feel like I set it up the same way every time about every Kanye album being about that period in Kanye's life between albums. So late registration was covering like the time period between the college dropout and release of late registration and graduation is covering the period between late registration, graduation and so on and so forth. And because of that, Kanye's albums tend to have a little bit more of a continuity to them in terms of just feeling like a grand narrative where the same character is getting into increasingly stressful situations. And Yeezus very much is the culmination of the fame and celebrity lifestyle that Kanye had been seeking. And it's a turning point as he decides, I want out of this. 
like my beautiful dark twisted fantasy isn't necessarily a let me take a step out of it it's more of a i've fallen into it and i have no idea what to do mm-hmm. uh not even like i want to get out but just like is this is this it for me where yeezus is finally like oh i have kim in my life north is just born and like i need to get out of this lifestyle now and is the first hesitating step in that direction good morning graduation on a whole though is Kanye's first hesitating step <laughs> mm. into that realm of superstardom and into that indulgence with fame. And we've talked about it you know, on other episodes uh, on the show, as well as in the intro episode that we did, that this album is very much about Kanye leaving Chicago behind, getting into the celebrity lifestyle in a way that he hadn't experienced on late registration or the college dropout because he didn't have the degree of fame that he has now had in the three years since the college dropout came out yeah. uh, leading up to this album. So there is something that's proto Yeezus about this or the birth of the zeitgeist that will lead to Yeezus that happens on this album. So I can very much see that connection that you were feeling on the album in terms of just how it's like all the little seeds are being planted. Mm, Let's get into those seeds. Yeah. So the major thing to talk about up front is the main sample, right? Which is Elton John's someone saved my life tonight. Love this. By the way, love this song. I was like, back in my LimeWire days, uh, they said for all the that's a reference for all the millennials in our audience. Uh, when I would download like discographies, you know, from an artist I like, downloaded all of Elton John's albums and constantly listened to Elton John, and I love this song. <laughs> uh perfect. I've never heard it. You've you've definitely heard this song. <laughs> I've probably heard this. I've watched the Elton John movie. They would have <laughs> they would have had that in there, right? Yeah, I, I'm sure Taryn Edgerton wailed these notes. <laughs> so this song was about Elton John almost getting married. There was a period where he was engaged to a Linda Woodrow, and he was at the point of, I guess, suicide about it Mm -hmm. just because he hadn't accepted his own sexuality at that point it was still very off and just in terms of a lifestyle he was living it did not seem very healthy i mean he's somebody else that also like dove into fame and ended up with drug and alcohol problems um but this song ends up being very much about the engagement getting called off and suicide (laughs) 
<laughs> just very dark thoughts. And you can see that when I think of those East End lights, muggy nights, the curtains drawn in the little room downstairs, prima donna lord, you really should have been there sitting like a princess perched in her electric chair. And just that image of a princess perched in her electric chair gets at that same kind of fantasy, but darkness. Yeah. And it's one more beer and I don't hear you anymore. We've all gone crazy lately. My friends out there rolling around the basement floor and the chorus and someone saved my life tonight, sugar bear. You almost had your hooks in me, didn't you, dear? You nearly had me roped and tied, altar bound, hypnotized. Sweet freedom whispered in my ear. You're a butterfly and butterflies are free to fly. Fly away, hi away, bye bye. Um, and I guess just pointed imagery real fast. I never realized the passing hours of evening showers, a slip noose hanging in my darkest dreams. I'm strangled by your haunted social scene. I mean, to think that is the energy behind the, ooh, you know, like, <laughs> like, holy shit. Like, this is again, like, I love college dropout labor restriction to death. To me, this is like, this sample right here, the fact that this opens the album, this song with those lyrics and that energy, like this is Kanye on a, on a different level. He's really tackling something much heavier, much more introspective. Like, I mean, here he's grappling with suicide in a way, which become a major theme and theme and motif on his albums later on. But on top of that, um, I think the most fascinating part of this to me is the, the album the song comes from which is captain fantastic and the brown dirt cowboy um and we know kanye loves his conceptual artists like we talked about uh wish you were here by pink floyd on the diamonds remix and how like it, it seems like kanye keeps referring to these artists who have these big like conceptual narrative driven albums and captain fantastic is a narrative album it's it's literally an autobiographical account of Elton John, who is Captain Fantastic on the album, and his lyricist Bernie Toppin, who plays the Brown Dirt Cowboy, and the album goes through their beginning years of fame and how much they struggled, and eventually we get to "Someone Saved My Life Tonight," which is about Elton John trying to commit suicide and trying to escape this relationship that is constricting him. And finally, when he's able to let this woman go, he's able to focus on himself and focus on his career, which, I mean, holy shit, like that's, that's graduation. Like that's, this whole album is about Kanye breaking up with Chicago, who we will learn on, I wonder is, um, personified as a, as a woman. And, and Kanye is like detailing his relationship with her and how he's going more distant from her and investing himself more in his career. Um, but the, I guess the difference is that Elton John focusing on his career was a good thing and it was a chance for him to get in touch with himself again. But for Kanye, it's a, it's a road to hell. Uh, bittersweet. Yeah. <laughs> bittersweet poetry. Yeah. And I mean, that brings up, man, <laughs> I mean, that's the thing that jumped out to me about the sample was the first time through graduation it wasn't until i wonder that we put together the is the woman on this song chicago mm -hmm. and that was a major breakthrough for us one that ended up being reinforced by the time that we connected it to homecoming 
and realize that the sample on Homecoming from Common's song, I Used to Love Her, is about Common talking about his relationship with this girl and they grew up together and then he went off to school, she went off to LA and how she had always been wholesome and grounded and really fascinating, but then gets corrupted by her experience in Hollywood. And the larger she got, the more success that she got, the worse she got. And at the end of the song, Common reveals that he's talking about hip hop. So the girl in the song was just this euphemism or metaphor for the development or evolution of hip-hop and the commercialization and commodification of hip-hop uh, going from something that was very cultural to something that was very much a business and what that meant and we posited that Kanye is assuming that same role on this album mm. except he's hip-hop in this case and Chicago is common and Chicago's watching Kanye go off into the world and get corrupted but having that context mm. when you're listening to graduation getting into the relationship that elton john's talking about with this girl like you almost had your hooks in me you nearly had me roped and tied like i almost settled down with this woman and they were best friends and continued to be really close in the aftermath of their relationship at least from the movie maybe that's <laughs> not true but at least in the movie they stayed very close uh it i can't help but think of chicago and the fact that like kanye sees this life where he could have stayed in chicago mm -hmm. and he's and be happy and had a career and still been a chicago-based artist and like what that would have meant except it's not going to happen just like elton john he's breaking away and going to focus on his career and what does that mean for his relationship with the city and what does that mean for him moving forward yeah i mean you mentioned staying in chicago uh, what that what kind of artist that could have made kanye that's what common did i mean common is a chicago artist and we're talking about this song by common that became like the blueprint for the entirety of graduation <laughs> and commons on kanye's first two albums he's kind of a mentor for him but here i mean this whole song is kanye like truly on his own there's no fe featured verses on this album until Barry Bonds. Like the album starts with Kanye on his own trying to make it. And Good Morning is that energy. Like it's Good Morning. He wakes up. He's like, fuck school. Like I'm going to go out into the world and just like kick ass. And you can't help but think like there's a bit of irony here when you consider the Elton John sample and how it contrasts what Common Song is about. Like all of that coming together, like that's the opening seconds of this album like that's what you're getting <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's wild like there's just man i 
in the preview episode, I talked about how I wasn't going to be that surprised or didn't think I'd be <laughs> as surprised, but Every it's time. already feeling like, yeah, this album is just on a different level. And I do think maybe there's something to the fact that it is, I mean, late registration, college dropout were very personal, but Kanye was also very much wanting to comment on the broader uh cultural things and mm-hmm. just where he grew up where he came from and talk about like society and i feel like graduation is more kanye focused in general like it's a little bit more just this is what i'm dealing totally. with and that's because he is starting to separate from chicago right and that does make it maybe a little bit more personally powerful but also maybe a little more one-dimensional and there's pros and cons against that right sure Mm. yeah that makes sense i I, because i think in a lot of ways college dropout and late registration was made for the public kind of like later on connie would call my beautiful dark twisted fantasy like uh his backhanded backhanded apology yeah backhanded apology yeah and he and he kind of felt pressured to make that album for the world um I kind of think of that as college dropout for college dropout and late registration in a good way. Like I felt like he, he needed to make this album that lifted people up and showed them that like there was more, if you rose out of this oppression, out of your situation, like aspiring for more is a good thing, but he becomes, I, I agree. Like to me, graduation is much more indulgent and self-reflective um, and more of like a cautionary tale as opposed to something that like, would build you up and make you feel ready to take on the world. This is more of a, it kind of showcases like what happens if you head out to the world when you're not ready, or if you don't listen to people, or if you don't have people in your life, that are going to help you help guide you. Like that's what this album basically is. And the music video in some ways reinforces that there's totally a little, cause it's, gonna say the word fascinating it's fascinating (laughs) because in the music video we essentially see kanye wake up and be like oh no i'm late and or the dropout bear wake up and i love that the dropout bear brushes its teeth even though it never has a mouth that opens (laughs) but you see it trying to get to graduation and things keep going wrong right the car breaks down he misses the bus lines too long the train leaves without him he gets swept up by the ghost and there's storm but finally the light breaks through it's just he's on his own for a Mm -hmm. lot of the video and it's just beating him down beating him down and he arrives at graduation and gets his diploma and then kind of leaves with a couple friends and it seems to end like a little bit more positively especially with him in the delorean that's working and there are people in the car with him but you have to wonder how much of that is dream mm-hmm. almost or fantasy of what life could be versus the reality of what everything was leading up to the graduate graduation like is he very isolated i guess that's the question like do you buy into the fact that at the end of the that video he has people with him and feels like he's on a high streak or is that just the hope that once you graduate, your life is going to be good right. like this? And then we see throughout the rest of the album. Eh. I mean, yeah, that's kind of the the duology of the song because the the repeated line, good morning, like there's something 
hopeful and op- optimistic about it. Like Connie is ready to take on the world. It's just, it, it's so welcoming, but at the same time, like good morning can mean like, good morning, motherfucker. <laughs> Here's how cruel and unforgiving and lonely the world is. And you're not ready for it. Uh, like, I feel like that's such an element of this song. And I mean, that's the dichotomy of the music video as well. Like just as many good things happen to the Kanye bear as like great as bad things. And, and he seems like somebody who's just the bear seems like somebody who's just rushing into school and is going to get his, give his dissertation and get his diploma and move on and take on the world when really like, again the idea like the title of the album graduation like to me carries layers like graduation in the sense that like here goes kanye into the world like this is your graduation this is it's time for you to go out but also you could view the entire album as kanye like truly learning and like learning how cruel the world is and his graduation isn't until the end when he realizes like all of this oh this is what I should have been learning all along and like, and now I'm stepping out to like what the world actually is. Yeah. Right. It's a little bit of like the graduation from the safety net, but then mm-hmm. the graduation into like understanding like the loss of innocence. Yeah, man. And that's how we usually describe this album. I, I feel like the term is Blunds Roman builds Roman sure it's a German word that refers to just like a coming of age story or loss of innocence story and you're probably familiar with a few of them Sandlots Stand By Me (laughs) Sleepers no uh Once Upon a Time in America sure it's definitely like a loss of innocence story (laughs) um Lion King is a loss of innocence story but graduation is showgirls absolutely uh what's the one that's not showgirls but i always think of showgirls striptease no no it's far more serious uh mulholland drive <laughs> oh yeah hey i consider that an honor that you compared showgirls to mulholland drive yeah there we go only on this show will you get that comparison <laughs> But Good Morning operates in that similar capacity of like whatever positive like spirit Kanye has here and champion and stronger by the time that we get to Homecoming and Big Brother, it has just been beaten out of him yeah. <laughs> where he's kind of like, ah, uh, mm. so this is this is real life, huh? Ooh, here we go. Should we should we get into the lyrics eventually? Yeah. Yeah, we should. Let's spend 30 minutes talking about, uh, uh. (laughs) I mean, I could do it. So you get that, and then Kanye saying good morning. Uh, I could spend 30 minutes talking about the wake up Mr. West that Kanye Ooh, says himself. I love it. I mean, already referring back to 
his first two albums referring to make up wake up mr west that scene from the opening scene from late registration where the teacher's telling him to wake up and in it i guess it also goes back to the beginning of college dropout as well and it's so i mean you want to talk about it i, I almost want to let you do it this seems like prime chris material <laughs> well really it's that contrast right because it's the same authority figure from college dropouts that does the wake up mr west at the start of late registration right mm -hmm. and talks about kanye sleeping in class and chewing him out and making fun of his book bag yeah. and just generally being a dick you don't got nothing else to do you ain't doing nothing with your life nothing with your life you think this is you better look at me i'm talking to you you think this is easy don't you you think this is promise you ain't nothing promise to you look at my face do i got a promise face this look like i promise you anything hey hey is you snow in my class Wake up, Mr. West! Wake up, Mr. West! Mr. West! Mr. West! Yeah. And here you have Kanye himself being the one saying, Wake up, Mr. West. And it's him, even in the music video, kind of like hearing the alarm clock and waking up on his own. That already carries with it the spirit of uh, responsibility that Kanye was starting to get into on late registration because one of the things that we tend to think of with kids or teenagers or just young adults is are they ready for responsibility mm -hmm. and we talked about that as a major motif especially in the last third of late registration where kanye is starting to get irresponsible with his fame and the spot that he's reached in the wake of the college dropout, but reminds himself on Diamonds from Sierra Leone and We Major that there is a responsibility to help out those around him and to be even not just a, a motivating force, but an actual person like Jay-Z that's going to sign people to a label and like keep people on payroll and just change lives for the better, actively being a contributor to the hip hop space. And Kanye now starting this album by being the one to wake himself up is now taking on that role of authority figure or responsible right. or at least stepping into a more mature position, which just is a perfect way to show that he has graduated a bit, right? Because you think of late registration if somebody's late, they're slacking, they're not registering on time, which can be seen as irresponsible, where when you're graduating, you've succeeded, you've done all the things that you needed to do. So the fact that you have just that line said by Kanye versus being said by DeRay Davis is so perfect of a contrast and encapsulates where Kanye's at on each album so well. Yeah, but on top of that, like there's such irony to it based on like because here like when the first time you listen to the song like i don't know how much irony there would be like there's something triumphant about kanye waking it like being the one saying wake up mr west like so self-confident so ready but knowing the journey kanye's about to go on and and knowing just how hollow he's going to soon find celebrity to be it's also a bit tragic to hear him like he doesn't have someone in his life to say wake up mr west like he doesn't have a teacher or a mentor like he's truly 
alone. He's isolated. And the assuredness he has is his tragic flaw. <laughs> he, he needs somebody who can help guide him and can let him know when he's, you know, going down a bad path. But he doesn't have that. And that's kind of what this line sets up. Yeah, the individuality that Kanye possesses is his greatest strength, but also biggest weakness, right? Yeah. In terms of just he gets his idea and he goes his way and it can alienate people, can push people away. And yeah, I mean, it's the issue that he brings up with Jay-Z at the end of this album. I mean, it seems to be a, a source for issues over the course of his life. Yeah. And... Uh, and again, like it, it could be difficult to really sense that kind of ominousness. <laughs> um, but I, I, these little tweaks kind of does the production like can signal it. And I, and I think probably do subconsciously signal it to while you're listening, because in the chorus, there's this um, really sad, melancholy, like piano sound. Where it's like dun dun dun, like it, it goes down, like it really has a melancholic sound, and then he changes up that piano sound a little bit in the verse. So at the end of every other line, you hear um, dun dun, like he he like this little change happens, but both times he uses the piano, like there's this he 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 inserts this little bit of weight there, like there's there's a little bit of there's like dramatic piano duns like going on in this like bright bubbly production like again like i think that element of it doesn't quite let you think like oh like look how great look how great Kanye is doing like he's going out to the world like ready for it like no like there's something on the horizon for him that he doesn't know yet yeah yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be rough sorry mr west <laughs> Wake up, Mr. West, Mr. West, Mr. Fresh, Mr. By himself, he's so impressed. I mean, damn, did you even see the test? You got D's, motherfucker D's. Rosie Perez, and yes, barely passed. Any and every class, looking at every ass. Cheated on every test, I guess. This is my dissertation. Homie, this shit is basic. Welcome to graduation. Good morning. Uh, so we get Wake Up, Mr. West, Mr. West, Mr. Fresh. Mr. By himself, he's so impressed, which uh, you get that by himself there, which feels very subtle, right? You can easily overlook it, but gets back to everything that you were just saying, that there is a isolation. There is a uh, singleness here. You know what? What you were saying, too, about Kanye not having that role model or being in that spot of responsibility, it had me thinking of power. And him talking about like my childlike creativity, purity, and honestly is honestly being prodded by these grown thoughts. Reality is catching up with me. I feel mm. like that's a little bit of what's being lost over the course of this album. Um, yeah. It's, um, I mean, it definitely sets up like a coming of ageness, especially with the Mr. Fresh. I don't know if it, what you thought, but I kind of thought that might be a Fresh Prince reference. Yeah, there is something to that. Like Fresh Prince goes from Philadelphia out to Los Angeles and then matures over the course of the show. Hmm. But yeah, I, I just thought that, I mean, everything you're saying about like, you know, these childlike thoughts and, and just being consumed by them and like 
not being ready for this step. I mean, that all just seems mixed in here. Yeah. But also the ego by himself. He's so impressed. <laughs> like he's just impressed with himself referring to himself in the third person. I mean, damn, did you even see the test? You got D's motherfucker D's Rosie Perez, which <laughs> man. So he's chastising himself for not doing well on the test even though he's just saying like, you know, it's so impressed, but he got D's on this test. Uh, yeah. And, um, and I, I think it's cool. I mean, this is obviously a, a reference to do the right thing, but I, but I guess just taking the line literally, it's, it's kind of a cool moment. Cause it, it shows that Kanye's mind wanders. <laughs> like he's supposed to be, like this is a coming of age tale, but this is also somebody who's like really sure of himself and thinks he is grown up and has graduated and is doing just fine. But he also like his mind wanders and he just starts thinking about Rosie Perez's boobs because D's is mentioned. <laughs> it's just kind <laughs> of a, a cool character building moment. Yeah. I mean, that gets into the light and funny aspects of Kanye, right? Like he's making jokes in wolves, which is one of his most serious songs across his discography uh which it's just he can't stop from making some uh jokes when he sees the opportunity but yeah there's this idea that he is chastising himself for uh not doing as well on the test and the d's reference in do the right thing it's radio rahim who's the guy that's carrying around the boom box the whole movie and has the the what is it the brass knuckles that say hate and love Mm -hmm. and he goes into a convenience store because his boom boxes ran out of juice and he asked for d batteries and the owners of the convenience store are like c batteries and he's like d motherfucker d (laughs) like d batteries 20 d energizers 20 c energizers d not c d D, motherfucker, D. Learn to speak English first, all right? D. How many you say? 20, motherfucker, 20. And Rosie Perez comes up to Kanye because she's in the movie. Uh, She just plays the love interest of Spike Lee's character. So, I mean, Radio Raheem is the guy that's involved with music he's also the character that gets killed by the cops they show up when he's in a fight and one puts him in a chokehold and holds on until he dies which is something that was relevant in 1991 or 1989 whenever that movie came out Mm -hmm. and still is relevant now which is insane but it's something that's light and funny here but it carries a lot of weight when you connect it to the character and not just the tension of the moment where he's arguing with these shopkeepers and there's a lot of like tension there, but also the fate of that character. Yeah. Shit. I didn't even think about that. I don't know. Like if you want to read into that or what to read into that in terms of just the character is kind of light and funny at first. I mean, it's a serious character, but the character is more of a color into the into the group of characters that we have in the movie mm-hmm. before it turns very serious. And if that's something we kind of see with Kanye, like the fate here, he's starting off just kind of innocent and fun, but 
things take a turn for the serious, if it's a signal to do the right thing. I don't know, hmm. but it's at least something to chew on. I like that. Yep. Uh, and your ass barely passed any and every class. <laughs> Looking at every ass, cheated on every test, which... <laughs> So that's a summation of Kanye's scholastic work. He is impressed with himself, even though he got D's, and he barely passed every class. He was busy looking at every ass, and he cheated on every test. And then this right here is his dissertation. Yeah. I, I mean, again, like his dissertation, which means like he's gone through school, he understands everything, and like this is him this is this dissertation these words you're hearing this song you're hearing this song which by the way has that elton john sample <laughs> has all the irony built into it but the the and that's all something kind of the storyteller knows but on the album the character like is unaware of like all that irony like this is my dissertation it's it's just all so confident yeah like homie this shit is basic <laughs> like that's the summation like, even though he barely passed, <laughs> he's just like, man, this shit's basic. Like, welcome to graduation. And just kind of pats himself on the back there. So I think that's, yeah, what you're saying about, like, irony. The character isn't aware of the sample. The character isn't aware of what comes later on to the album. But Kanye, as the artist, very much is and is positioning this the way that he does to create that sense of irony. Yeah. And most characters in these movies that are coming of age stories do tend to be a little bit overzealous or a little overconfident at the beginning and that's what sets up the loss of innocence mm. Kanye Jesus yeah. so we get the good morning chorus before heading into verse 2 good morning on this day we become legendary Everything we dreamed of. I'm like the fly Malcolm X by any jeans necessary. Detroit where it cleaned up. From the streets of the league, from an eighth to a key. But you graduate when you make it up out of the streets. From the moments of pain, look how far we done came. Hate saying you changed. Now you doing your thing. Good morning. And we repeat good morning. <laughs> On this day, we become legendary which uh that's a bold proclamation uh, <laughs> i mean he does start this verse and the next verse with good morning and like just keeps repeating it from the chorus and i mean I, again i think he's just kind of really digging his feet into the ground and like signaling like the time for learning is over like i have my diploma and here i go yeah and you know what this is going to be probably the biggest and only stretch that <laughs> I make the in this entire season. The only. <laughs> but you may remember that this is not the first time Kanye has started a verse with Good Morning. On late registration, we have the song Diamonds from Sierra Leone, which the remix, the remix version, of course, mm -hmm starts with good morning this ain't vietnam still people lose hands legs arms for real talking about this sense of responsibility kanye is making the reference on that song to the idea that these diamonds that rappers have are often blood diamonds 
and there's a human cost to acquiring those diamonds. And Kanye not only makes that connection to that, but is saying that this ain't Vietnam. Still, people lose hands, legs, arms for real. Getting back to Chicago and city life in America also being dangerous, which is a recurring motif on late registration as well as the college dropouts. And Kanye is kind of positioning himself on this song as a thought leader, as somebody that's wanting to do better, which is something that Jay-Z and Nas both talk about on this song and we major for Nas. But Kanye using Good Morning there is a reference to the movie Good Morning Vietnam uh, with Robin Williams, which we talked about in the Diamonds from Sierra Leone episode. Robin Williams is a army DJ who is a little like against the grain Mm -hmm. and has his own way of doing things flies off the handle yeah the traditional people above him in the military don't like the personality that robin williams brings and he gets into conflict and they eventually take him off the radio because he's too like even though he's beloved by everybody he won't follow the book um so kanye kind of channels that energy a little bit with starting the song with good morning this ain't vietnam still he's going to talk about things that other people don't talk about he's doing things his own way and not everybody's going to like it which he mentions on gone so i don't know there's just something to kanye also starting good morning here that like clearly the song is just called good morning right Mm -hmm. but i do wonder if there's a little bit of that good morning vietnam energy or good morning diamonds from sierra leone remix energy coming into this which is positioning kanye as a thought leader as somebody that thinks he's going to be more responsible but also somebody that is going to go against the grain and just kind of capturing a similar energy totally i mean i think right off the bat there are two elements that that signal there's that something's afoot a everything you just discussed i mean the reason we started this show it's because there's so much intercontextuality between Kanye's albums and he is so self-referential and so self-aware of his album narratives and is constantly building on themes and motifs and ideas that he has set up on other albums. Like, so you bring, if, if you're aware that Kanye starts the Diamonds from Sierra Leone remix with that line, like that kind of comes to mind. But also again, the production is, it's very subtle, but it there's this weird little, eerie glitchy like you know i'm so sorry for my impressions but that is like repeating in the background the whole time and it just like it totally matches the the music video because this is the part of the music video where kind of gets sucked up by an evil cloud with like monster teeth and he gets pulled into this (laughs) strange world and like it's scary he doesn't know where he is like that's all I can sense whenever I listen to this verse. Like he's talking about like becoming legendary, like fly, like Malcolm, Malcolm X, like he's a revolutionary leader, all that. But at the same time, like the tone isn't really that, like all I can think about is Elton John and like the production and like this reference back to diamonds from Sierra Leone and people losing legs and arms, like all that's there. Right. But instead of talking about maybe it's, also the contrast that's important where he said good morning and talked about the social elements right on that song Mm -hmm. and we talked about how he's getting away from that on this album and getting more 
indulgence, a little more self-focused, self-interested. This time it's just, we become legendary. Mm -hmm. Like there's something a little bit more self-oriented and it's lacking the thoughtfulness that Diamonds from Sierra Leone had. Yeah. And I'm guessing, I guess if he says we become legendary, he's talking about like the graduating class. I guess so. Maybe he's fusing in the fact that he was just talking to himself in the third person, like <laughs> in the previous verse. So it's like, you know, wake up, Mr. West. On this day, we become legendary. Right. Like you and I, the Kanye West, <laughs> become legendary. Well, Everything we dreamed of. I mean, if it's even possible, like it just seems like Kanye's ego getting bigger. Like it's already pretty big in the first two albums, but there's an element of it where Kanye is like one with the people. Like he's part of this crowd that wants to rise out of oppression and heard him say, like, you guys can touch this guy too. Like, come with me. This, like we become legendary. It almost feels like Kanye is like putting everybody on his shoulders and thinks he can carry everyone out of the situation that he can be the leader like Malcolm X. Like that's the sense I get from it. And because Kanye's anointed himself to that level, like the higher you climb, like the harder you fall. <laughs> like, I feel like that's what's being set up. Yeah, the Malcolm X reference does make it a little bit more collective, right? Mm -hmm. I do think you can make the arguments that he is still referring to the the third person, especially if you go to the fact that we are now talking from a period where we know that Kanye has a bipolar diagnosis and that there is a duality Hmm. in a lot of his music that you could start to argue is a byproduct of maybe him wrestling with that or a self-understanding. So maybe that talking to himself in the third person and relating like to the we, I don't know if I don't think I'm qualified to speak on if that's true or something that other artists that have a similar diagnosis have done anything like that. But I do wonder if it's uh an early example of that or just me reaching but the (laughs) i'm fly like malcolm x we know malcolm x was a leader during the civil rights movements and was absolutely concerned with everybody Mm -hmm. so him saying we become legendary we dreamed of you're absolutely right that it's a collective if he's referring to himself as malcolm x but then we get the follow-up to that by any genes necessary. Mm. And that's playing into Malcolm X having the lines by any means necessary, which was one of his big speeches given in 1964. Uh, we want freedom by any means necessary. We want justice by any means necessary. We want equality by any means necessary. Like, that's awesome. But Kanye flips it to by any genes necessary. <laughs> Which is so, yeah, so self-indulgent, right? Like in order to look good, in order to be legendary, I will buy whatever pants I need to buy in order to be the rock star, the rap star. And remember Kanye talked about this album being inspired by being on tour with U2 and just Mm -hmm. the rock star energy that they carried. There's something about appearance that Kanye is very much aware of as being hand in hand with being legendary. You think of the iconic outfits that Michael Jackson had, that Prince had, who were both role models for Kanye. Like, mm, 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, I, I agree with you that the Malcolm X line like makes the we become legendary line seem more about the collective and that he's ready to lead. But, but. it also like <laughs> like everything of Kanye, the duology, like I, I man, I had not thought about that. What you said about the bipolar disorder. It, it mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be like about being bipolar, but about this right. idea that Kanye is like talking to himself like today we become legendary Kanye like let's do it it is yet again a case where Kanye is letting you know that he's truly alone like he has to talk to himself and pump himself up and it and he fails to realize the irony of like Malcolm X wasn't on his own like he didn't like rise to the top on his own like there were so many steps for Malcolm X to get where he got and to reach as many people as he reached but Kanye goes for Malcolm X to buy any jeans necessary. Detroit led Detroit red cleaned up. Like I'm a cleaned up version of Malcolm X. Like I'm a way more awesome version and I'm ready to go. Like even if it is focused on the, we like the collective, the whole, it still starts. It still feels very singular and indulgent. And like maybe Kanye isn't thinking as, as broadly as he should, as he did on his first two albums. It, maybe not as I mean that gets into the contrast or the conflict between indulgence and responsibility right it comparing yourself to Malcolm X it feels like you're ready to take on a position of being responsible except when you then talk about buying any jeans necessary <laughs> and just being like a cleaned up version of old Detroit Red which was Malcolm's name before Malcolm X uh it feels very indulgent and compare that to the fact that Kanye just a little bit later is going to reference the rulers back by Jay-Z. But you will respect me, simple as that. Or I got no problem going back. I'm representing for the seat where Rosa Parks sat, where Malcolm X was shot, where Martin Luther was popped. So off we go, let the trumpets blow. And hold on, because the driver of the mission is a pro. The rulers back. And on that song, at the end of the first verse, you have Jay saying, uh, but you will respect me, simple as that, or I got no problem going back. I'm representing for the seat where Rosa Parks sat, where Malcolm X was shot, where Martin Luther was popped. So off we go, let the trumpets blow and hold on because the driver on the mission is a pro, the ruler's back. Like Jay-Z on this song really does position himself as a leader. And without any irony, just clean as can be, mm -hmm. without selfishness, says that he's representing these legends in black history and carrying that torch where Kanye has a similar reference, but makes it a little more reductive and indulgent. Yeah, he's he's purposely even though he's comparing himself with Malcolm X, he's really contrasting himself with Malcolm. <laughs> I mean, that's the beauty yeah. of Connie. That's, that's what he always does. Like he, in order for his character to get to a, a better place for, for him to really teach the lessons he wants to through this story, like he needs to not be a Malcolm X. He needs to be like kind of this version of Malcolm X that, that isn't reaching people the way Malcolm X did. Like, so he can eventually get to that point. And to your earlier comments, uh, when's the next time we hear Malcolm X reference on a Kanye Ooh, track, Travis? I'm telling you, man. Jesus. 
black skinhead. This is this mm. is like Jesus version 1.0. Yep. And what's the line on black skinhead as well? It's uh, my leather black jeans on. Oof. So he found the jeans necessary to be a leader at that point, which was the leather black jeans. Uh, you're making me want to talk about Jesus, and we can't do that yet. <laughs> Got a few albums left. <laughs> All right, so follows that up with From the Streets to the League, From an Eighth to a Key. And Streets to the League, you talk about being in the streets to being in the NBA, which a lot of players do come from rough upbringings, right? Mm -hmm. And they just play in the streets. They may, like, not play formally. I mean, back in the day, I think it was probably a bit more like this, where you're playing... Uh, out at like the local park a lot before you maybe make a team in middle school or high school and start to get a little bit more formal with it. Mm -hmm. But now I feel like kids are just recruited so early. Um, But just this difference of going from being on the streets to being an NBA star uh, while also referencing the drug game, like from selling just eights of a drug, uh, cocaine or something like it to a kilo or to selling kilos of it or having kilos of it. But you can also make that about music, right? An eighth note to a different key. Mm. And we know that Kanye had a song on late registration, Crack Music, where it was specifically about the extended metaphor of how hip hop has become a kind of drug that guys like Kanye are slinging in order to make it out of the streets so you can get a call back to crack music there with eighth to a key with the key either referring to kilo or a musical notes kind of thing which is really clever uh genius says it's a reference to the notorious big things done changed remember back in the days when niggas had waves gazelle shades and corn braids pennies honeys had the hot top jellies shooting skelly motherfuckers was all friendly lounging at the barbecues drinking brews with the neighborhood crews hanging on the avenues turn your pages to 1993 niggas is getting smoked g believe me talk slick you get your neck slick quick which feels a little bit of a stretch to me yeah the only thing that would make it a stretch is we know kanye loves notorious big <laughs> he does and he makes a habit of referring to both uh him and movies which the uh, genius also has an invitation that this is a reference to paid in full but uh i think you and i kind of agree it's that's a if we're saying it's a stretch it's probably a stretch <laughs> yeah paid in full there's not any kind of connection that genius makes i think it's one of those older annotations it's just like hey there was a movie about guys in the streets selling drugs that came out in 2000 or 2002 maybe kanye's referencing that you know mm-hmm. it's like why <laughs> why do you it's a pretty common motif I'm... i would say in like black art yeah it comes up a lot when you listen to hip-hop and you know biggie's line is either you're slinging crack rock or you got a wicked jump shot which just makes the idea of either you're on the street selling drugs or you're in the league mm-hmm. so i could see somebody saying like oh kanye is just taking that and like cleaning it up a little bit in terms of yeah uh, right. streamlining it and the line was sampled by Cameron in the hook of SDE. And we know that Kanye has had very serious connections 
at this point in his career to Cameron. So maybe there's a little bit of a connection mm. there. But and Cameron is also in paid in full, so maybe we're full of shit. <laughs> and if we are doing the connection that we usually do to looking at if this is a reference, I think the fact that it's things done changed, uh, this chorus being back in the day, things done changed on this side. Remember, they used to thump, but now they blast, right? Back in the day, things done changed. Remember, they used to thump, but now they blast, right? Remember back in the days when guys had waves, casual shades, and corn braids, it's just this idea of things being different now to then and the song being about like it's graduation like good morning everything's changed you can maybe start to see a little bit of a, a connection there bringing that energy in that today things are different than they were yesterday yeah yeah i mean i like all that i i hope it's true yeah it's just i don't know <laughs> um <laughs> And then, yeah, but you graduate when you make it up out of the streets, right? Um, and that Biggie song is very much about being in the streets. But Kanye's saying, like, yeah, for us hip-hop artists, or just for anybody, I guess, like talking about streets to the league, and you could say that that's just a euphemism from the league as the industry in this case, but there are a lot of people that find different ways to get up out of the streets. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, from the moments of pain, look how far we done came. Haters saying you changed, now you doing your thing. Ooh, that seems like a telling uh, line. Like from the moments of pain, look how far we done came. Like I again, I immediately think of like we don't care and heard him say and like rising out of that situation. And then yeah, touch then, the sky. Yeah, but then the next line is like kind of a preview of graduation <laughs> haters saying you change like Kanye definitely changes on this album he definitely becomes detached from Chicago and that community he fought for I mean maybe I know Kanye himself probably did it but that's the way Kanye portrays himself in this album he's very indulgent and self-consumed but Kanye kind of brushes it off like nah just do your thing is that something he was talking about a little bit on bring me down too? like he was starting to get uh, criticized a bit more sure. for yeah by haters that are saying like you're different you're not the same like yada 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 totally hmm. um but yeah it does foreshadow where he's going to go on this album maybe it's not true right now in the song but it is true by the time we get to can't tell me nothing yeah. like, flashing lights <laughs> like it it's uh it's palpable by then yeah huh Okay. Um, and the word change, saying you change, things done change, Notorious B.I.G. Mm, all right. Genius, you might have had this one right. <laughs> it's still not like the most objective reference. Yeah. But there's enough of like a, uh, enough inroads or like connect connections there that I'm feeling a little better about that. Mm-hmm. Good morning, look at the valedictorian Scared of the future while I hop in the DeLorean Scared to face the world, complacent career student Some people graduate but be still stupid They tell you read this, eat this Don't look around, just peep this Preach this, teach us, Jesus Okay, look up now, they done stole your streetness After all of that, you receive this Good morning 
Okay, now you're doing your thing. Good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning. And we get verse three. Good morning, and look at the valedictorian. Scared of the future while I hop in the DeLorean. (laughs) So Kanye may not be the valedictorian who was the top point getter in school, so to speak, but they're the one that's scared to move on while Kanye is like in the DeLorean heading towards the future, right? Mm -hmm. That's the car from back to the future that lets you go to the future. Mm -hmm. But in the video, the DeLorean does not work. No, not until the end, right? After they graduate, they get into the DeLorean. But then again, how much of that is fantasy, right? Versus reality. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that's what it seems like. Like the DeLorean, it's this fantastical thing that Connie thinks is going to be part of his future, but it doesn't work at the beginning. So it kind of makes you question the fact that it does work later on, like where that comes from, yeah. how he got there. Um, and, and again, the production to me signals something different because and the third verse, he changes stuff up again. There's like this really, to me, this reminded me of like a horror movie score. It's like this ding, <laughs> dun, ding, dun. Like it just, it sounds like the moments before someone gets sliced in the neck or something. Like there is just a sound there that like feels really, I don't know, really honestly kind of terrifying. Oh, wait a second. Okay. This is absolutely probably not right. I want to hear it though. But you... You making that sound reminded me of the dream sequence in Akira. Ooh. <laughs> and the music in Akira. And we know that the Stronger music video, which Stronger mm. is just two songs after this, Kanye literally just remakes Akira. And the scene where Tetsuo wakes up in the hospital after having his dream and goes into the hallway and starts wrecking shits. So I would have to listen to that a little carefully, but I do wonder if maybe there's a little bit of a, if we listen to the Akira soundtrack and listen to that, will we pick up something? And Akira, Kanye's favorite movie. Yeah. Akira and There Will Be Blood. Though he said that in like 2013 or 2014. Like, I need to know if that's still true. (laughs) Now his favorite movie is just like, passion of the christ or something <laughs> yeah that's it's kind of what i'm scared of not that like that can't be your favorite movie yeah. but like it would be such a reductive pick just because he's religious now i'd be like come on come on mm. <laughs> like i knew he was religious before too but like it just feels like the pick that you say because you think you should yeah right anyway uh so while I hop in the DeLorean, scared to face the world, complacent career student. You know how that line's written. It says, while I hop in the DeLorean, scared to face the world, complacent career yeah. student. I know he's still talking about the valedictorian, but just how it's written can read like Kanye is the one scared to face the world. Totally. And, hmm. This is what we constantly point out with Kanye is like almost no line in the history of Kanye West has just like one meaning. Like there always are those little layers, those little, like you really can read into a line that much. I mean, if you want to be like we are anyway, (laughs) but like, I mean, you're totally right. While I hop into DeLorean scared to face the world, like that doesn't seem accidental. No. And man, yeah, the duality that Kanye has, I would say if like somebody asked us, they're like, Chris Travis, 
what is the one thing that makes Kanye's lyricism stand on its own or so much more interesting or like special compared to others? Like what's the special thing he does? I'd say it's what you just referenced. Like the fact that he constantly builds lines in a way where sometimes he'll be specific enough or just vague enough by adding a word or taking out a word that it creates the duality of is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? Is he referring to himself, someone else? And that's something we just see. That subtlety is something that we see him doing from the college dropout all the way through Jesus is King. And it's fantastic. That's why we love Jesus is King and everyone else hates it. Yeah. (laughs) One day. Uh, So some people graduate, but be still stupid, which again, you could view him as referring to the valedictorian and how like you have book smart people that are Mm -hmm. still stupid. But we know that Kanye was also like kind of stupid in school. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But then he gets into monolithic thought with these next lines. They tell you, read this, eat this, don't look around, just peep this, preach this, teach us. Jesus, okay, look up. They done stole your streetness. So it's essentially you become part of the system that indoctrinates you into a way of thinking, a way of behaving, that then when you look around, you realize they took your streetness from you, mm-hmm. that you're no longer the person that you had been, you're no longer of the roots that you were. And you think back to uh, skit four, the last fo- broke five broke skits, and the fact that Kanye says that he's just trying to st- stick to his roots by being part of Broke Fi Broke, and they kick him out because he wasn't necessarily conforming to the Broke Fi Broke mentality. He was taking showers, smelling real nice. He was getting new <laughs> shoes, and they're like, yo, get out of here. He's like, I was just trying to like stick to my roots by being part of y'all. And they're like, no, get out of here. But this is a little same but different, right? It's like... Broke by broke wasn't stealing your streetness, yeah. but they were indoctrinating you into a way that you were no longer who he wanted to be. Like Kanye's someone that wants to take showers. He wants to buy new shoes. And here you have the inverse where they're taking away your streetness. Hmm. Yeah. And on top of all that, like after all of that, you receive this. And I immediately think of the music video because at that moment in the music video, the Kanye bear gets his diploma, uh, a bachelor. Did you see me tweet that earlier? Uh, no, I didn't. I tweeted the exact same thing about like, <laughs> as Kanye says the line, after all that you received this, the bear gets the diploma, which is like this whole time. Kanye has been railing against the idea of like the importance of that diploma. It, it carries nothing. And, but in the video, it's like this grand event and like, the Kanye bear did it and it's ready to ride off, which again makes you think like, well, then what is, what is actually happening in this scene? Like is Kanye actually getting this diploma and is like celebrating or does this moment where Kanye's envisioning that he got his diploma, like he did everything he was supposed to do. Uh, Cause we know Kanye, like he rejects monolithic thought. He rejects it. He's making fun of the idea here in the song of like, Oh, they just like tell you to read this, eat this, uh, peep this, preach this. Like, and when you do that, you get your diploma. Good job, you idiot. Uh, but in the video, <laughs> it's like a good thing. Like he did it. Uh, I, and it, then it leads into the outro, the, the end of the song where good morning is repeated. Like, good morning, you got your diploma. 
but the whole time Kanye's been talking about how stupid it is to even get the diploma in the first place. Like there's, I, I think all of that added together, like kind of creates this overwhelming sense of like Kanye's not ready for this. Like he doesn't, he, he didn't do, he didn't listen to anyone to get his diploma. Like he didn't, he didn't get a diploma. Like he, I, I don't know. There's some element of it. That's just like, seems confused in a very coming of age way to me. Yeah, and it's hard to read into, like, do you view him as somebody else that, because he is graduating, right? Even though he got D's, he is graduating. So did he follow what they told them, like, in eights, and did it look around and peep this? Uh, what I'm getting at, do you think they stole his streetness, or by him getting D's on everything, and doing what he did in that first verse, was he able to maintain some mm -hmm. of his streetness? Like, yeah. I mean, again, both elements seem to be there. I, I think he's maybe, if I had to pick one, I would say the latter, and that he feels confident in how he kind of like cheated the system, like just kind of skirted by, did what he had to do, and now is ready to say, like, fuck you. Like, I learned everything I needed to, and I'm ready for the world. Yeah, because, I mean, Radio Rahim was very street. And if he's, like, kind of channeling Radio Rahim in that first verse, I could see him maybe trying to maintain that. It's also a little bit of parallel construction, too, right? Which I feel like I talk about this every episode. But <laughs> parallel construction, at a point in, like, verse 1, the same thing might come up in verse 2. And it can either be building on each other or contrasting each other, whether it's a similar construction or a similar concept or just uh, the actual structure of the flow of the verse. So you look at the end of verse two and it's haters saying you changed. And now here it's saying they done stole your streetness. And you could imagine if you got your streetness stolen, you would change which is exactly what we see Kanye kind of deal with on graduation. He becomes very like a playboy, party boy, indulgent mm -hmm. asshole whose life is completely different than what he was talking about on college dropout and late registration. So even if his streetness wasn't stolen on this song, I think by the end of the album, yes. <laughs> yeah. And haters saying that you changed, like he's not ready to admit it now. But by the end of the album, yes. So you do have a little bit of parallel construction that makes, even though Kanye's saying, haters saying you change and he rejects it there, seeming like uh, it just makes it a little bit more pointed and reinforces the fact that, like, yeah, he's aware that the character is going to change. Yeah. Mm. I mean, that's the best part of all this is, like, Kanye was very much aware of the storytelling in the first two albums. But here, like, he really seems like he's tapping into stuff we see in, like, movies and novels and, like, setting up character and and laying all of, like, the seeds to, like, of, for what we'll see for the character later. Like, all that's being done here. It's it's masterful. Yeah, I think that's, that's the thing. Like, Kanye on College Dropout, it was just kind of setting up the journey, right? Yeah, it's like a blueprint. Of the yeah, the character going from chicago to music industry or like hip-hop industry and late registration builds on that where there's larger themes at play about what's mm -hmm. at stake 
and what you get into. So you have heard him say getting into uh, what people in Chicago or in the city like they don't have are looking for the tensions that they face versus touch the sky and the joy that you have versus gold digger, which is kind of the dangers of fame. And Kanye really ramifies out from there conceptually, but the character isn't necessarily changing very much over the course of the album. There's just a lot of different thoughts that Kanye is having based on fame. And there are some slight changes and differences, but I feel like here we're seeing much more of the character journey, as you're saying, being set up in a deeper way than what we saw in either yeah. of those first two albums. That's definitely what it is. Just like the setup and like how important that it, like how important the opening scene in a movie is. Like it, it can set up so much. You receive this. Good morning. Every time that we hit them, good morning. And this is probably, I don't think it's my favorite part of the song in terms of like just the song, right? But I think it's my favorite part of the song in terms of like the concept of what the song is doing. Totally. And that's the Jay-Z, Good Morning, Hustlers, that's If You're Still Living, Get On Down Every Time That We Hear Them. Uh, Hustlers, that's If You're Still Living, Get On Down. So you... You have Jay-Z just saying, Hustlers, that's if you're still living, get on down. And Kanye coming back in with every time that we hear him. And that just repeats and repeats until the outro is just Jay-Z saying, get on down. So this comes from The Ruler's Back, which is the opening song on the Blueprint. And get on down to that old jig river. Here's a couple of jewels to help you get through your bit in prison. A ribbon in the sky, keep your head high. Ah, young Vito, voice of the young people. Mouthpiece for hustlers, I'm back, motherfuckers. Your reign on the top was shorter than leprechauns. You can't fuck with hold what type of extra on. I've got great lawyers for cops, so dress warm. Charges don't stick to do And those are the first lines that you hear from Jay that aren't the intro. So, like, you have the intro that's just like, uh-uh-uh, woo, I'm back. Like, <laughs> haha, ladies and gentlemen, H. The Izzo. I want to thank everybody out yeah, there for their purchase. That's my favorite part, that he thanks everybody for buying the album. Yeah, it's just like, thank you. Like, I surely appreciate it. Woo! <laughs> so uh, what, you ab- <laughs> what you about to witness is my thoughts. Just my thoughts, man. Right or wrong, just what I was feeling at the time. Uh, you ever felt like this vibe with me? walk with me and just vibe with me and then we get yo gather round hustlers that's if you're still living and get on down to that old jig rhythm which jig being a reference to jigga which is one of jay-z's nicknames and he says that you know you hustlers 
if you're still living at this point from the last album, like come back here and listen to my music. And it's this kind of let me reintroduce myself kind of moments and sets up Jay-Z just talking about very Jay-Z things. And the fact that it's the intro to that album and Kanye uses it as the outro <laughs> here, it has a little bit of that tension where it's almost like all of the first three verses were Kanye just getting ready for the intro to the song and the intro to the album. And it's like, all right, all right, I'm getting ready. I'm prepared. I'm collected. I just graduated. All right, now let's get going. So by referencing an intro as the outro, it almost feels a little bit behind the curtains. And now that the album itself is getting going. I just like that dynamic. Yeah, that part of it's awesome. I didn't really even think of it that way. I mean, mostly what I think of when I see that ruler's back is is being interpolated or not interpolated, sampled here, is the fact that it comes from the blueprint, and that was Kanye's first big break in the music industry. And this yeah. whole album is about Kanye, you know, like, oh, like my music career's going, like I'm awesome, I've done great, like I'm ready to take on the world. And he's using a jay-z song to signal that and it's a the jay-z album that skyrocketed Kanye's career but also like it inherently brings with it this the attachment Kanye has to jay and how much jay meant to kanye as he embarked on that music career and then where kanye went (laughs) in his music career like it it, it's such a forward-looking sample because jay who has been on kanye's first two albums will not be on graduation he will be absent as kanye kind of goes out on his own and doesn't have his big brother with him doesn't have his mentor anymore all we have is just the sample of this of his mentor saying like get on down like but but jay's not there like it's almost like jay-z's ghost is looming (laughs) over the entire album from this moment like it's like it's his voice but it's not him jay's not in the studio and and i like what you said earlier that when jay-z says like the ruler's back there's no irony to it like jay is the ruler he means so much to everybody including kanye but kanye this song we're thinking about the elton john sample we're thinking about how disillusioned he is how how ready he thinks he is for the world and how alone he truly is setting out and everything. Like it's kind of the opposite energy of the ruler spec. Connie has all that confidence, but probably doesn't have the, the stamina or the mental capacity to actually go out and be a ruler like Jay is. Yeah. And I mean, this is something that we, hugely miss the first time through as well is the connection to big brother like the last song on this album is kanye saying i got egotistical and caused a riff with jay and now jay i'm sorry and i'm apologizing to you can we please like be good again that's what big brother is and the song the album starts with this jay-z outro which man (laughs) it shows a bit more unity right because Mm -hmm. as you're saying it feels like jay's part of the song like we hear jay we hear kanye we hear jay we hear kanye we hear jay it feels exactly like the duo that we'd expect just because they had been kind of at the hip 
since Blueprint came out in 2001. So, man, like, it feels like everything's kind of good between them, but that's a false front. Yes. Because, it, as we find out by Big Brother, yeah, they're actually at odds with each other. Yeah, it's Kanye, like, mending the relationship through art. Like, he's using this music to make it seem like him and Jay are together, but they're not. Like, they're, they're in the middle of a fight, and Kanye's, because Kanye was too full of himself, and and jumped in too quick and like alienated Jay a little bit. And and you're right, we don't find that out to the very end. And and because of that, like if you have that in mind, like knowing that we're going from this line, this sample of Jay-Z to eventually Kanye just talking about Jay-Z and homecoming is Kanye losing his relationship with Chicago and then Big Brother is him losing his relationship with Jay. This really is a preview of the fact that Kanye will very soon be completely alone. Uh, heading into 808s and Heartbreak, which is an album all about being alone. And then what's funny is that this isn't even a direct sample of The Ruler's Back. So apparently it's a acapella version from the creation of that album, but it wasn't used for the album, but Kanye still had the recording of it and decided to use it here, which Jay noted was how Kanye was able to get his voice without the drums from that song actually being part of it. And Jay actually did an interview where he said, you have to really care about the music. Kanye was bragging about having the acapella. He's like, yo, that's how I spun it because I had the acapella. I'm like, wow, the things he cares about, that's not a big thing, but in his mind, I had the acapella, so I was able to put it out there without the drums. Uh, That's not what I wanted to read. But there was something (laughs) about Jay saying that Kanye was, okay, from a creative stance, Wes was apparently quite enthusiastic about the incorporation of his acapella. All right, never mind what I was just saying. I thought it was that Kanye was enthusiastic about Jay having an acapella Mm -hmm. back in the ruler's back, so they recorded it and then never used it, and Kanye's using it now, which would kind of play into Common uh, and Everything I Am later. But I just misread it, so never mind. Well, I do think there's something, there is something about the fact that Kanye is using an acapella version of this. Like, it's almost like this little recording that Kanye has that is just his own. Like, it's not Kanye sampling a song. There's something inherently so personal about the fact that it's this, that it's this recording that just Kanye has that no one's ever heard and that Kanye is going to use for his song. And this is the only place you'll hear it. And then again, thinking about the whole album and how Jay's not going to be there. It is just going to show up at the end when Kanye kind of reminisces about that relationship and like what he once had, like, man, there's just something so poetic about using the acapella version to me. Yeah. And the thing that I also really love is this is, we talked about, I forget what the song was. I think it was a Tupac song. Was it Changes? That Tupac had a version of a song that was like his narrative. And then another artist had done a version of it. And that was their <laughs> like style or sampled it. And it was still a storytelling kind of song. And then Kanye sampled it as well. Was it for family business? I don't know. But it ended up showing that Kanye was just making another song in line. Was it Tupac, Eminem, and Kanye? Yeah. Could be. Well, The Ruler's Back, there's an OG version by Slick Rick from 1988.
As if you're still living And get on down to the old slick river Now this one here is called the ruler, my dear It's a mere party booster that'll set things clear It's 100% proof from champions of truth And if you feel your need spirit, I'll bring back your youth Relax your mind and folks unwind And be kind to a rhythm that you hardly find And off we go, let the trumpets blow Well, hold on, because the driver of the mission is some bro The ruler's back And that one starts with gather round partygoers as if you're still living and get on down to the old slick rhythm, which you can see how Jay changes that, right? Where Slick Rick is really trying to appeal to partygoers, Jay's trying to appeal to the hustlers. Mm -hmm. And for Slick, he's saying as if you're still living, like it's a little like tongue in cheek, like, and Jay's like, no, if you're still living, that's very serious. Yeah. And it's the slick rhythm versus the the jig rhythm. I feel like Kanye is channeling that line of, all right, so you got down to Slick Rick, you got down to Jay-Z, now we're about to get down to the Kanye version of things, which involves, of course, sampling. Yeah. <laughs> and it's Kanye doing his own thing and announcing the way that Jay does over the course of the song, like the interlude that keeps coming up has Jay saying like, I am back. Like, this is me, I'm back. And with this being the intro to Kanye's album, it's almost like him now saying, I'm back through Jay-Z. But you have these Jay-Z lines at the start of the second verse. There's a lot of rappers out there trying to sound like Jay-Z. I'll help you out. Here's what you do. You're going to need a wide lens because that's a very big shoe. And we know that Kanye and Jay kind of had a falling out from Big Brother by them competing in the music industry. Right. Uh, it just feels very fitting to Kanye like shouting out Jay, but also setting up the fact that he's going to have a falling out with Jay and foreshadowing it a little bit the same way that he foreshadowed the like steal your streetness and saying you changed uh, while also kind of signaling the fact that like, yeah, he's in competition with Jay. He's one of these other rappers, maybe not trying to sound like Jay, but a little cause he's like mm -hmm. taking Jay Z. Totally. <laughs> like, like, he's using Jay's voice. I, I think you could view it that way. Like Jay-Z was taking the helm from Slick Rick, who Jay loves, and now Kanye's doing the same with Jay. Like he's he's anointing himself and ready to like take on a bigger role. Yeah, which like the ruler's back, graduation, mm -hmm. Kanye feels maybe in a sense that he's graduating into the ruler. Like <sighs> and he is back now. Like good morning is the return. Yeah. Like hmm. I'm I think what blows me away the most about this is just thinking about how Kanye uses Jay to direct the narrative on his first three albums. So on, on College Dropout, Jay comes in at the end of Act One when Kanye is ready to rise into the music industry. First I snatched the streets, then I snatched the charts. First I had their ear, now I have their heart. Rappers came and went, I've been here from the start. I seen them put it together, watch them take it apart. Seen the robots roll up with ribbons. I seen them repo, And Jay serves as like this this uh this pinnacle. Like this guy who's so confident in himself who made it in the music industry and Kanye sees that and that's when we step into get him high. Like that's when Kanye becomes a celebrity and has all these like hits. And then on late registration, Jay comes at the end of the second act where Kanye is kind of building his group. Like he, he's been through the music industry. He, he sees 
uh, th- there are all these people who are trying to bring him down. He's like trying, they're trying to turn him into a certain kind of celebrity. But then we get um, Diamonds from Sierra Leone and we major where Kanye kind of like finds his, his group. He, he surrounds himself with people who build him up and serve as like his mentors. And that's what Jay represents of Diamonds from Sierra Leone. He's like this, this pinnacle of success. Like the rock goes from something Kanye is self-conscious about and thinks like is is hurting the world to like well like no you can use your wealth and power for good and like and be an inspiration to people i got it from here yeah damn the chain remains the gang is intact uh-huh. the name is mine i'll take blame for that the pressure's on but guess who ain't gonna crack <laughs> pardon me i had to laugh at that how could you falter when you're the rock at your balls i had to get off the boat so i could walk on water this ain't no tall order this is nothing to me here we get Jay at the very beginning, except it's not Jay. It's the ghost of Jay who's just kind of looming around. And <laughs> it, it's it's everything we just said. Like everything is being set up from that. It's it's really incredible that Kanye uses Jay in that manner. Like Jay is such a such an inspiration to Kanye that like to the point where he becomes the fuel for the narratives on his first three albums. Yeah. Wow. The one that launches him, the one that redirects him, and now the one that like abandons him. Yeah. Like in Kanye's wake. Yeah. Uh, And that's part of the tension too, because it's like Kanye arguably in the story on Big Brother, right? It's Kanye did something with Coldplay and then Jay does something with Coldplay. So even though that's Kanye's perspective on it, right? It kind of feels like Jay bit from Kanye. Mm -hmm. And the fact that Kanye finally got ahead of him to the point where Jay was taking from him and Kanye got like a little snippy about it. Mm -hmm. Man, it does set up that idea of like, who is the ruler, right? Like, we're now in competition because I'm on the same level as Jay-Z, which is something to celebrate and does show, like, the achievement and graduation that Kanye has had, but also just goes into the fact that shit starts to get much more complicated. Yeah. And then, like, the last thing I want to note is that line Kanye repeats every time that we hear them, which is new. It's a new addition to the chorus. And he says, every time that we hear them, good morning, it jumps right back into good morning. And I was kind of wondering what you thought about that. I, 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 I don't know if I have a clear consensus on what he's doing there, but it almost seems like he's like, it's this every time that we hear them, like, is, is it Kanye not listening to anyone? Like refusing to take advice, denying the haters, like he's just choosing to look forward like every time that we hear him, eh, good morning. Like I'm just gonna move forward. Like he's kind of got this uh, narrow-minded view of the world, and he's just like thinking about the next step. Like as in, he's saying good morning, and it's like Jay Z starting to like talk, but Kanye says, you know, every time that we hear them, like people like Jay saying stuff like this, we just say good morning, kind of thing. Yeah, is like, that what you're saying? I guess so. I I wasn't really sure how to take that line. I guess. Yeah, I I mean that's something that we probably <laughs> if we had prepped. would have in prepped, yeah, gone <laughs> over cuz there's always tends to be like one line that we get hung up on and spend like 30 minutes just like could it mean this? Could it mean that? Could yeah. it mean this other thing? And it's one that on my own 
I'm looking at it, I'm like, yeah, I get it. It's just part of this. But then when you really look at it, you're like, yeah, what is this doing? Yeah. I mean, is it something that every time that you hear the hustlers, you say good morning? Is it every time? And if the hustlers represent like your fans, right? Like that's who Jay's speaking to here. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, gather around hustlers and get on down to that old rhythm. There's a couple of jewels to help you get through your bid in prison, a ribbon in the sky and keep your head eye. I, young Vito, voice of the young people, mouthpiece for hustlers. I'm back, motherfuckers. Like, hmm. Is the them, like, is it a just continuation of the third verse at the very end where like, you know, if you do this, this, and this, then you'll receive this good morning and that like the good morning carries that tone suddenly like the good morning is from the people who give you the diploma and that's being mixed with like the the inspiration you could uh in turn receive from jay-z somebody who's kind of like outside of that and like built themselves up i don't know they're that i yeah you're right some something in prep we could have gone over but i guess this is more <laughs> this is probably more reflective of like how most people listen to music and like there really isn't always a clear-cut answer for everything yeah i mean you because the them is the is the key here right mm-hmm. like because kanye had just finished talking about they tell you to read this, eat this, don't look around, just peep this, preach this, teach us, Jesus, okay, look up, now they done stole your streetness. So every time that we hear them, like those people that steer your streetness and tell you to read this and eat this, you just say good morning to them and move on. And is Jay then the alternative voice like that's helping you maintain mm-hmm. your streetness? Or is Jay somehow like the antagonist i don't know i think i feel better about that idea that jay-z's representing something good there like a way to maintain who you were especially you know talking everything that we just talked about with like how pivotal jay has been to kanye and kanye's origins in the music industry and he's almost the one getting away from jay-z on this album right and like growing away from jay growing away from his roots so hmm. i like that that i think that's a good way of looking at it and because when you think about big brother like kanye is a little pissed at jay like he used that song from coldplay (laughs) um some but also on that song kanye is like very self-reflective and and realizes like all the mistakes he made like I mean, that's kind of what this album is, like Kanye really opening up and realizing everything he did wrong, like all the bad paths he went down. And I guess you could view the album as like a big apology to Jay. Yeah, that there's something to that. So him kind of elevating Jay here as like the voice to listen to versus like the voice in school. Mm. I guess there maybe is something about like on college dropout, late registration, Kanye was trying to like not be in college right right and like he was rejecting school and going down the route of like jay-z and hip-hop so having jay come in here after he's done graduating could just be symbolic of that as well like you know every time that we hear them we say good morning but we listen to jay-z and we're starting to get on down hmm damn i mean i can't believe we missed these lines the first time through that's that's honestly embarrassing 
I wonder what we even said about them the first time through. Just probably something bullshit. stupid. Yeah. Probably something like, oh, Jay, haha. <laughs> Look at him go. Uh, um, but this time around, they feel very, that mixture of like hopeful and ominous really comes through, right? Because Jay does feel like something that's traditionally empowering to Kanye. But by the time you end the album, you realize that there's that bitter sweetness. There's that tension between them. Totally. And so what do these lines represent to Kanye when he's putting them on the album? Mm. But we end in that spot setting up champion, which kind of similar to touch the sky in terms of this energy of feeling like despite the complicated, the complications of where I came from, now I'm touching the sky. Now I'm a champion. And there's that little bit of looking back. There's that celebration of where you are that then sets up the next step in the journey. So very excited to talk about that. And I think complete act one of graduation, which is good morning, champion, stronger. Man, this is just as draining as I thought it would be. I know. I wonder too. <laughs> Gosh. But yeah, there's going to be... I thought it was going to be easier. You told me otherwise, and you were right. I mean, on some level, I, I, I do look at graduation, probably just because I'm comparing it to something like Jesus, which I think is much deeper and more complicated. Uh, I think I sometimes look at graduation and think like, oh, like it's more of a blueprint of the hero's journey of like what Connie would later perfect. I do think Connie got better, but like graduation, I mean, as we're seeing right here, again, that Elton John sample, like, Kanye is just, he's thinking on a completely different level, and we are constantly playing catch up with him. Yep. That's our guy. Mm, he's going to make my hair go gray. <laughs> well, anything else uh, for good morning? Oh, I'm excited to talk about Champion and Steely Dan next episode. Yes. Yes. Perfect. Sure. Well, everybody, thanks, thanks for uh, listening to this point. And we're excited to uh, spend the rest of this season on graduation with you. Yeah. But, um, and, and during that journey, we only have one requirement from you, which is that you stay wavy. Oh, man. And keep it loopy. <laughs> Your glasses to the sky This is the last call for alcohol for the So get your ass up off the wall Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance.
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.